So I'm super excited to announce that the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care has partnered with Flat River Infusions as a corporate sponsor. Now, who is Flat River Infusions? They are a North Carolina-based hemp and CBD company that provides all natural CBD products. The owner of Flat River Infusions, Nick Sagan, has a pretty powerful family story to tell. I would encourage you to go to their website, flatriverinfusions.com, and read about it. But just to let you know that Flat River's products are non-GMO, gluten-free, full-spectrum, and broad-spectrum CBD oils. There's a quality product that's grown in North Carolina, and you can't really say that about a lot of the CBD products on the market today. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what the quality control is. And you don't know what other channels those products have passed through before they actually get to you. Whether you're looking for a wellness product to add to your routine or an all-natural plant product, Flat River Infusions is here to help. Their products help support healthy body functioning, as well as help support healthy growing muscles as well. My favorite product is the CBD Herbal Salve which comes in a little glass container and you can literally rub it on your joints or any sore muscles. And within 30 minutes, you feel better. It's amazing. I love it and I use it daily and I would encourage you to do the same. If you are interested in checking out Flat River Infusion products, please go to their website at flatriverinfusions.com. And any purchase that you make when you mention our show, please use the coupon code CUFITNESS, the letter C, the letter U, fitness, and receive a 20% discount on all of your purchases. Welcome to this edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Kaczkowski, your host. In this space, we talk about self-care from many different angles. We talk about self-care for your business. We talk about self-care for health, fitness, and or wellness, which is really what most people think of when they think of self-care. We talk about self-care with respect to taking care of your mindset and managing your thoughts. And we also refer to self-care on the journey of life. This is why we call self-care a journey, because it evolves and changes as we change as people. I'm so glad that you are here with me on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So let's dive in and get started. I am super excited about my guests today. Um, These are two colleagues who I love and respect tremendously in the coaching space. One is my personal mindset coach, who I have to tell you is been one of the very best investments I've ever made in myself. Um, So I'm thrilled to have her and my friend and colleague, her partner with me today to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is possibility. Please help me welcome Liz Nicholas and Kate Ciano, the co-founders and principals of Spark Possibility Coaching and Consulting. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Well, thanks for having us. This is so fun, Allison. So excited to be here. Absolutely. So thank you. So let's talk a little bit about um, what Spark Possibility really is. Because I got to be honest, when I first saw that name, I thought there was a part of me that was like, wow, that's really cool. And then another part of me was like, what is that? So let's um, let's talk a little bit about what you guys are actually doing. And then we'll kind of get into the Yeah, Spark Possibility Coaching and Consulting was really born out of a hybrid of both Liz's work in mindset and my work in resilience and mindfulness. And, you know, 
as you well know, and I well know, working with Liz and um, and practicing neuroscience-based mindfulness and mindset, we talk a lot about tapping into what is possible here, really looking beyond our current circumstances, but looking within the circumstance or the situation to see what is possible for ourselves, for our business, and for our lives. And Spark was actually kind of a fun little story between Liz and I. There's a great movie out there by Disney um, called Soul. And in that movie, when all of the souls are being born and sent down to Earth, they can't go until they have their one final trait. And that trait is their spark. It's what makes them unique and special. It's their personal God-given gift that makes them unique in this world. And so Spark Possibility is really about um, helping organizations and the people that power those organizations to recognize what makes them unique. How do they ignite their life and their business by understanding how to develop a possibility mindset? That was a long Uh, answer to a short question. I don't think I can add anything to what Kate just said, um, but I will. And and it's a it's a fun, fun fact about spark possibility that that's where the spark part came from. And that was after about a three hour meeting on a Sunday. And Kate literally asked me if I had seen that movie. And I said, no, what's it about? And as she proceeded to say what she just said, I just sort of gasped and knew that spark was exactly what we were going to use in our name. And um, so it was very funny the way it happened. But one of the things I really like to highlight about spark possibility, and as Kate mentioned, this hybrid of our work is that when I met Kate and we began to feature each other in our programs and um, study and learn from each other's work and really just had some amazing geeked out conversations about, you know, all things science and mindset and mindfulness. I love it. One of the things that I, I realized about Kate's work that was so brilliant for me and so powerful was her body of knowledge around brainwaves, brainwave states, and really this quote unquote stress response that we have as human beings. Now, I know a little bit about that from the neuroscience perspective, but I had never heard anyone come at it the way Kate did. And we started just playing with my work and her work together. And what Uh we realized really quickly, Allison, was that everything I was teaching was greatly enhanced when and if the stress response could be lowered in an individual that was receiving that information. And on the contrary, on the other hand, somebody that's in a stress state, which frankly, a lot of people are a lot of the time, if not most of the time, you can understand something intellectually, but if you're in a stress state, you actually can't apply it. And you actually have decreased neuroplasticity. Like you literally can't grow your brain from that state. So it was a little, well, it was, it was our spark together when we realized that each of us was the turbo booster for the other person's work. It was like the writing was on the wall. We have to do this. It wasn't even like, should we do this? Maybe this might work. It was, we have to bring this out into the world. We have to bring this hybrid because 
it's going to give people information and the ability to change that much more quickly. So it was really never, I don't know. And there was never a conversation, Allison, like maybe we should do this. It was immediately let's go, let's do this. We have to do this. And it's been a really remarkable journey thus far. Well, when you know, you know, that's just the way that it is. I mean, there's a reason why things pop up in our lives, like, you know, like for so many reasons. So when you know, you know, right? Yeah, 100%. So let's say, let's talk about the concept of possibility in general. Um, Because for me, I think most of my life, I've considered myself an optimist. I mean, I usually tend to look at things from a glass is half full perspective versus the glass is half empty. You know, I think that's the entrepreneur in me. I just tend to look at what can we do with this versus why this won't work. Um, But I know that there's so much more to possibility because this is what you guys do. So let's talk a little bit about what, you know, what that really means and what you guys are doing with it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for this question, because I do think that most people can define possibility, but our definition of possibility is wider and broader and deeper. So I love the opportunity to be able to speak into this. What I start with when I'm talking about possibility is the idea that we are raised, all of us pretty much, we are brought up to, and here's an axiom that we all know, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh yeah. And I mean, I can like literally, you know, think of hundreds of times in my life, especially grandparents and, you know, my mom always saying that. And so at Spark Possibility, we're really interested in teaching people to flip that paradigm upside down and really understand that it is about believing so that you will see. And I'll take it a step further and say, and and Kate and I talk about this a lot with clients, it is always, always the case that what you already believe is what you are capable of seeing and what you will see. So I use the example of people getting up in the morning and sort of opening up the blinds to the world, pulling back the curtains and, and thinking that they're viewing, seeing a fixed reality. They're seeing what is. We even have a lot of expressions, you know, people say it is what it is, right? Just telling it like it is, just telling you the truth. Yeah, guilty. Yeah, I mean, we all say that stuff. But here's the thing. It's it's the exact reverse of that. The paradigm needs to go on its head upside down. Because when you pull the curtains back, when you open the blinds and you look out into the world, you're not actually seeing with your eyes. You're not actually experiencing the world like it's fixed and you're just the observer of it. You're actually projecting your beliefs onto the world. Mm -hmm. And so a very, very simple example of this would be if Kate and I went to the movies together. We walked in, got a bucket of popcorn and watched the same movie sitting side by side. And so two hours and 15 minutes later, we walk out of the theater and I turn to Kate and I say, I I just think I'm changed forever. I I can't like, I'll never see anything the same way again. And I'm, I'm with tears streaming down my face. I've had an experience. And Kate turns to me and said, I I was going to go ask for my money back. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. I got nothing out of that. Now we know that we saw the same movie. We know that that was one set of frames that were running on a movie screen that we sat next to each other and saw, how is it possible that we're having such different experiences? And the answer is back to what I was saying, that we didn't each see the movie with our eyes, 
we actually experience the movie through our beliefs. And that's where we open the conversation about possibility. Wow. I love that. I love that. Kate, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I was going to say it's all about our filters. And, you know, as a mindfulness meditation teacher and practitioner, we're very focused on the present moment, right? Mm -hmm. Be here now, be in this present moment. And possibility is future focused. It's looking beyond the horizon at what could be possible for you, but using present moment awareness to make it come to life, right? So beliefs don't manifest themselves unless there is emotion attached to it. And I love that, that, that um, example of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. If, if we can't feel it ahead of time, if we can't be future focused, uh-huh. we will continue to project our current reality. So if your current reality is exactly as you want it to be, awesome. Like yeah. you're already living in possibility. But if uh-huh. you desire more or different or a different experience of life, it means that we have to tap into a mindset of possibility be anchored in the present moment and have heightened awareness and curiosity to help get us there, to make that possibility become reality. And I I think that's a big link between mindfulness meditation and mindset. You know, a possibility mindset is using curiosity as a skill. Yeah. Well, and there's so many people, I think, especially today. I mean, hello, do we even have to talk about the pink elephant in the room, the pandemic, right? But what's been in the kind of the pink elephant in the room for so many people for the last 18 months or so? You know, I think people forget what the power of asking questions can actually do. And when you allow yourself to be the least bit curious, it's like you just, you don't know what else you might think of or what else might drop in for you. But if you're constantly in this, no, this is just the way it is, I got to deal with this, whatever, whatever kind of thing, then you're never going to be able to experience what else could be. You can't grow through resistance. Yeah. Yeah, really. It's a, it's a really important point. And I think, you know, oftentimes, and I say this sort of tongue in cheek with, with clients and Kate and I say this a lot, if someone, and you know, we've all heard somebody defend their quote unquote truth and say, well, I'm just telling you, yeah. What is? I'm just telling you what is. Right. Right. And I always say to people, what a terrible idea. Why in goodness name would you want to tell me what is? Why would you want to report the news to me? Unless, as Kate said, you're living some type of idyllic life, which most people haven't been during the pandemic. So right. why would you want to constantly reaffirm those beliefs over and over and over and over? So to piggyback on what Kate was saying, this self-awareness piece, this mindfulness piece mm-hmm. is our jumping off point. Yes. If you can't see it, if you can't look at it, if you can't observe it with curiosity, you can't gain agency over it. So that's always where we begin. And then you learn to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the next stage, the next step where you start to think about your thinking, thinking about your energy state, how you feel, and learning to actually direct it from internally rather than Mm -hmm. externally. That's when we come to the understanding that the circumstances outside of us are not generating what we're feeling. It is our response to the circumstance outside of us. And then that third step 
is really developing self-concept intentionally and deciding this is again, back to the telling it like it is, why would you want to tell it like it is? Why would you not want to lean into what's possible and who you could become and who you are becoming and what more is possible for you? So that step one of self-awareness, step two of self-regulation are are the beginning steps of possibility and really opening up to a completely new self-concept and possibility model for yourself. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think especially now, this is, this is such a concept that I just think so many people desperately need, whether or not they want to admit it or not, just because of not just what's happened in the world, but just the state of the world in general. And I just think that, you know, to go through your entire life, you know, and think that there's not another option for you, to me, it's just really sad more than anything else. So I think just that you have such a simple tool in your toolbox to be able to, well, why is it that way? Have you ever stopped to wonder why is it that way? When someone says, well, that's the way it is. Well, why does it have to be that way? You know, what if it were another way? Mm. And for so many people, they're just not even used to thinking like that. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, my favorite question that Liz always says, you know, I always tell her this is my favorite question is, what else is possible here? Yeah. Right. I, I, and I don't remember which coach says, you know, everything is figure outable, right? The, yeah. the solution right. is right. is already within the framework of the problem. And we think we have to look outside of us externally mm-hmm. for some magical answer when really, if we take the time to be present and mm-hmm. ask good questions, the solutions always appear. You know, for every problem, there's always a solution. Yes. You don't see it. It's always there. We just have to be available for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, that look, this is just, this is just the way our brain works. We are always producing what we call confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. We're always producing evidence to support our own thoughts. And again, we have to flip this paradigm. So somebody says, well, it's always been this way right? And begin to argue for their limitations. Mm -hmm. And when you challenge that, oftentimes a person will say, but I have all these examples that it's true. I call it the evidence that they produce. They're like, well, this really happened at work and that really happened at work. And then this deal fell through and that deal fell through and I didn't get the promotion there. And they feel a conviction that they're telling us something that's factual. They've got proof. And what we're showing people and teaching people is you're creating that evidence because your original thought, whether it's default or you had some awareness of it, that fault, that that original thought, excuse me, is creating that evidence. And so every time we think the same thought over and over, we feel, we create an energetic Mm -hmm. state, we feel the same feelings, we take the same behaviors or, or don't in actions. And then we produce evidence to our own thoughts. And we just are creating stronger and stronger neural pathways. So again, back to this awareness piece where we have to be asking better questions. What else can I think here? Is there another way to look at the same external circumstance and think about it differently, feel about it differently? And what would that look like? And can I try that on and see what results I might get if I leaned into that way of thinking about it? So When you bring that into a corporate space, when you bring that into an organization, it starts to have a a really 
big impact, a trickle down effect, because you're talking about everyone starting to speak the same language of possibility. So you can train, and we do, the the top, the leaders, but you're also training the teams and you're training managers so that everybody's now having the same type of conversation. So imagine walking into a company Mm -hmm. where everybody's talking about possibility. Everybody's looking at problems and challenges that come up and they come up in corporate America and they're looking for the solution, the thought advantage, the possibility advantage within whatever it is they're trying to tackle. Imagine if you had an entire workforce that was being onboarded that way. And that's the way everyone talked. And those were the values that was within the mission statement of a company. Imagine what that could do in a corporation. Totally. I totally see that. I mean, my husband's in construction and they have, you know, lots of project managers on all their various different and, you know, their job is not just to manage the job, but to look for the problems, which mm-hmm. I think is so indicative of what really happens in corporate America so much. It's, you know, they're looking for every single possible thing that could go wrong. What if we looked at it? What if every possible thing we thought of went right? What, what mm-hmm. world would happen then? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, you know, one, it's that reframe, but mm-hmm. it's not reframing, you know, thought by thoughts, like taking a negative thought and turning it into a positive thought, but rather reframing your entire thought system, right? Changing that filter, Mm -hmm. changing the belief system within an organization, right? So when everybody goes through, you know, like who gets onboarded in this way, they learn thought awareness, they learn mindfulness, they're more aware of the feelings that their thoughts create. They then learn how to observe, manage and shift their thoughts in order to feel, act, behave and and achieve the results they seek when everybody's talking that same language. And the three of us do like we can, we can talk the same language to us. Yeah. But imagine like 2,000 people, you know, 200, 2,000, 20,000 people within an organization able to be aware, cognizant, mindful of how they think and feel and act together as a team, but then also how they tackle the big problems and even the small little minutiae problems that sometimes can be the cause of the dismantling Absolutely. of a positive culture. It only takes right? Those one. little. Yeah, those little yeah. cancers, you know, in, yeah. in the in the little sub offices, right, that are have their nose out of joint. Well, what if they had the same tools and they were aware of their thoughts that created the feelings that create their experience? It would completely change. And it does completely change how organizations functions. It changes the belief system yes. of an organization. Yeah. Well, the belief system is like the hard drive. I mean, it like all of it. So to imagine what kind of power you have, if you're able to alter that, what could, what could be possible? No pun intended. intended. I love that. I love the hard drive. Right. And the people are the heart. They're the heartbeat. Yeah. 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 The hands, the heart, head, heart, and hands, as we like to say. So let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned this before. I just want to circle back to it uh, quickly. Let's talk about what this this unique concept that you two have come up with, the possibility advantage. And we 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 talked through, I think, the the little bit of that, but let's let's just circle back and kind of summarize that a little bit. Yeah, so that's our signature framework, and it's really, really powerful. It's a 10-step process. 
And the first half of it is actually called the method. And this, the back end of it is called the practice. And one of the things that's really unique about the method and the practice is that this is not some module-based program. This is not workbook driven. This is not um, coming and sitting and Kate and I hold court and, you know, just talk at people for some long period of time. This is a true coaching and consulting program where we are working with groups, depending on, you know, we have different levels that we work at, then we can work with all the different levels, but in, in groups, we're working to train and share this information, but we're also taking questions. We're also giving examples. We're actually coaching with people. So it's, and it's the two of us. It is the two of us together bringing what only the two of us can do, bringing all the information, all the examples, having rich, deep conversation, practicing the concepts, practicing the tools. And then when we get to the second half, the um, practice, we actually, the very last um, week of the Possibility Advantage is where actually everyone has a customized individual Possibility Advantage practice. So each individual has a way they've adapted all of this information and are going to be able to use it in the way that suits them best in their life. And some of this, you know, some of these tools that we teach and the customizable uh, aspects of it can be what I call micro things that you can do in 30 or 60 seconds. And Kate's a whiz at those. She's like remarkable what she can teach people to do in you know, spaces that aren't even private, things that you can do in the confines of your mind. I, in that I, will, I will second that. I will second yeah. that. Yeah. You can drive, you can be riding an elevator with 20 people yeah. and nobody knows you're working on the possibility advantage. And then obviously some bigger tools and concepts and practices are available too. But there is no program in the world that is bringing what we're bringing together, this blend of awareness, self-regulation, self-concept, mindfulness, understanding the stress response and resilience, understanding neuroscience, and even a little quantum concept is in there as well. You put it all together and you have this possibility advantage where you learn the user manual for your mind. You learn how your brain actually works. You learn how to think. You learn to see thinking as a skill that you can become Mm -hmm. really adept at. And then you learn all the ways that you can think into possibility and you have all the support and the practice in the smallest group setting with the two of us together. So it's a really powerful container and vehicle, and it's a really powerful 10 step framework, the possibility advantage. Well, I know one of the, one of the things I know that I've learned from you is the, and and it's not that I didn't know it already. I guess I just wasn't intentional always about practicing it is this, uh, this idea to pre-plan what you're going to think. And the example I always use, and I use this with clients in my fitness business or with entrepreneurs that I serve in the health and fitness space too, is you know, if you're going to go somewhere on a trip, you're not going to go and just figure out what to do when you get there. You're not going to just fly by the seat of your pants and figure out where you're going to stay when you get into town. And okay, let's go find a place to go eat. Let's go find a fun activity. Some of that you might be spontaneous about, granted. But but the lion's share of that, if you're going to go on a, on a big trip, is you want to plan some of that ahead of time. Well, the same thing is true 
with what you're going to think and what you decide to do about it. And I think for so many people out there, people are so used to just reacting and making quick decisions and because that's what we're told to do in order to be successful. I know when I when I was brought I was brought up in a house where my dad lost his father when he was 12 and he started working when he was 12 and mm. recently retired. And so all I heard as a kid was, if you don't work hard, if you don't go out and be able to do all this right away, then you're not going to be successful kind of thing. And I think there's so many people in the world that are, I'll stop short of saying afraid, but I think they, they honestly just don't know how to do something different. So I think just having the ability to, you know, decide that you are in charge of what you think, that you don't have to always be reactive is, is just a huge thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the second half of our program, the possibility practice, it's the second uh, six weeks of the total program. We act, the subtitle is think, feel, do, become. And you're right. We're not taught, we're not taught that. Right. Um, as children or young adults, that we can think, feel, do, and become the person who, become the person who we've always desired to be, whether that's at home, yeah. in your community, at work, as a business owner. It doesn't matter what it is in your life. And those are the elevated practices. So once you have the awareness, once you're able to regulate your emotional state and your thoughts, and you're able and you have an elevated self-concept, you can then use these more robust tools and skills that we teach to think, feel, and do become, right? That's really where the magic happens. So we have a lot of ah ahas, you know, in the possibility method, those first four sessions, people are like, oh, I never thought about thinking about thinking or gosh, I'm not as reactive as I used to be. I'm really practicing the pause between external stimulus and how I respond. I mean, there's there's a lot of great ah ahas in those first four sessions, but it's the se- it's the second half, the six sessions of the possibility practice where really like that is where the magic happens. That is where change, positive change mm-hmm. really happens, especially yeah. in small groups and teams. I mean, because because there's borrowed benefits, right? It's contagious, right? Oh, totally. wow, look at Sally. Oh, wow. Look at Liz. Oh, look at there's Allison. So much, right? There's so much benefit in, in, in a small group, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we can't we can't see you know we can't see ourselves clearly any of us we just can't I always say you can't read the label from inside the bottle so the group container is so incredibly important because as someone's you know sharing something about their experience other people can clearly see the thoughts and the beliefs that are driving that it's much easier when you're looking at somebody else's mind than when you're looking at your own and so it's this group you know, container is allowing for exponential growth. You just can't get the same results in the same amount of time if you're doing the work solo, because you just don't have that capacity to have all the information drop in as quickly when it's just you, your brain and a facilitator. But when you're in a room of other people that are sharing, the experience becomes so rich so quickly and it just, everything drops in much faster. So it's really, really exciting to see people working together. And it it does breed, you know, that the budding new culture that then of course is just spreading throughout an organization. So it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, the, there's so much benefit in a small group environment anyway, 
just when you hear, sometimes just hearing somebody else say something can trigger a different thought in your mind or make you look at something different. So that's that's almost like what I like to call an intangible that you get in yeah. the program. It's just the benefit of other people contributing and sharing too. And listen, self-help, meditation, mindfulness, mindset, like none of this is new. There are plenty of books, yeah. millions of books you can get at Barnes and Noble, Amazon. But if reading were enough, more people would be changing. Less people yes. would be stuck. Less people would be in pain and struggling yeah. if it was just as simple as picking it up and reading the information. Yeah. It's practicing it. It's yeah. having the elevated emotion that makes it stick. And hey, we aren't boring people, right? I've been through plenty. I yeah. worked in corporate <laughs> America for over a decade. Yeah. I've seen plenty of boring presenters, which is why we're here, right? I'm like, there's got to yeah. be a better way. There has totally. to be smart people who are funny that can bring an experience that's meaningful. You bring up a really good point because not only is reading not enough to change behavior, knowledge alone isn't enough to change a behavior either. Right. We can learn all day long what we need to do, you know, or how we need to approach something or what's the best way to lose those, these 10 pounds or the best way to get in shape or the best way to do something else. But that alone isn't going to change behavior either. You know, it's it's putting things into practice and getting support at the same time that's key. Exactly. I've always said that resilience is just like a muscle. You wouldn't do one bicep curl or worse. You wouldn't read about how to do a bicep curl right. and <laughs> expect yourself to get stronger and more fit and more toned. It just, it wouldn't happen. You have to apply it. You have to right. practice it and you have to practice it over and over and over and over. And I mean, yeah. thousands of repetitions before you see change. And the same thing is true when we're talking about training our minds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think so many people out there, you know, struggle and stay stuck in general? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the number one reason is that the wrong information is what most people are getting. Most people are are, are being told, um, are, are believing that it's about positive thinking. It's about finding any one thought that they can find and they usually can't find. Listen, we have 80,000 thoughts a day. You're not finding 80,000 right. thoughts. Like you're just not. But they believe, you know, I've just got to search out the negative thought and I just have to, or the negative emotion, and I just have to change it. I've got to change the thought, flip it really quick, or I've just got to hide this emotion. I just got to, mm -hmm. you know, push away the anger. I've got to yeah, pretend that I'm not resentful or frustrated. And the truth is, and this is science, the truth is until there's a change at the subconscious level, until there is actually a change in what's stored down in the subconscious where we do 95% of our thinking, until that's altered, change is not possible. It's, yeah. it's just science. That doesn't mean we can't push a little and shove a little and action a little and make something happen. It doesn't mean that there isn't a time and place to put a happy face on and get through the meeting or, you know, yeah, just smile up, right? after. But change, creating something new, making something better, finding possibility is only sustainable when there is a change of the brain. Yeah. And until that's accomplished, there is no change, which is why Kate and I lean into, especially in the, the that first four segment part called the method, we really want people to understand. You need to understand your thinking. You need to understand 
that you don't always think from your conscious brain. Sometimes you think from your subconscious. And and what does the conscious brain do? And what speed does the conscious brain work at versus the subconscious brain? And where did all that stuff get into you? How did it get into your subconscious brain? And oh, by the way, if we could actually choose what we wanted to think all the time, how would we ever get it in there? And that's exactly what we tell people. We give them all that information and we show them the science of neuroplasticity, which sounds like brain surgery. And it's not, it's really quite simple when you have the right information, the same way you got all the thoughts in that have been limiting all your life. You get all the thoughts that are full of possibility into your subconscious. And I won't get too technical here, but it really, people say, well, how do you do that? And I always use the analogy. I always use the same analogy because I think it's clear. If you had two lamps and they both had light bulbs that worked in them, and one was the lamp of all the limiting beliefs, and the other lamp was the lamp of possibility, all you're going to do down in your subconscious is learn how to unscrew the light bulb of the limiting beliefs, right? You just unscrew it. You don't break the lamp. You don't sell the lamp. Nothing big has to go on. We're just going to unscrew it so it's not lighting up. And then we're going to go over and we're going to screw the light bulb in and make sure we are lighting up in possibility. So it's really, in science, we call it deregulating and upregulating, or we call it pruning and seeding. And that's all it is. It's a step-by-step process of learning how to see yourself think, how to identify thoughts that are working for you, how to choose thoughts that are into and calling in possibility, and to deregulate and upregulate. And once you learn how to do that, it's like game on. Let's go. People start changing so fast, so easily. It's Mm -hmm. beyond remarkable. It's truly extraordinary. Truly extraordinary. Well, Mm -hmm. one of the examples that I I find myself using a lot is imagine when you walk into your living room and you're used to turning the same lamp on all the time. And all of a sudden, you're just going to go ahead and turn on a different lamp. It's really that simple. I mean, it's just making the decision that, no, I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm going to think this instead. But we're creatures of habit. So it's just so difficult for people to do that and stick with it. Well, and, you know, you asked the question, why why do people struggle and stay stuck? It's it's resistance. It's resistance Mm -hmm. to change, um, either because... They're comfortable where they are, like, eh, it is what it is, <laughs> right? Right. Or they don't actually believe they are capable because of some subconscious imposed or borrowed belief. And so while it sounds complex, like, well, you understand your thoughts and then you regulate your feelings and then you create new thoughts and you practice those new thoughts, it really is that simple. First, it's learning the science to go, oh, I'm not broken. I don't actually need a new brain. I have a perfectly functioning brain. But once I understand it and I learn these daily micro habits, the repetitions, right, those bicep curls, once I learn how to flex those thoughts in a way that's going to create more gray matter, right, more Mm -hmm. plasticity in my brain, and then it's accompanied with elevated emotion, that's what makes it stick. Because when people try to practice new beliefs by way of affirmation, like, I am a million-dollar earner, right. I, if you don't believe it, if there's still, like, if you say, I am a million-dollar earner, and you have no belief system that supports that, 
that thought from your subconscious comes screaming forward. Yep. What are you yep. ridiculous? Yeah. Who yeah. do you think you That's are? Just crazy, right? You've never made a million dollars. You don't even know any millionaires, right? All of yeah. those thoughts come screaming forward. It doesn't mean it's not possible for you, mm-hmm. but you have to be aware of it and go, "Oh, hello, fear thought. Thank you for joining us today. But I no longer need you. I'm turning that lamp off because I am becoming the person who." Mm-hmm. which is an easier thought to attach emotion to because that feels a little hopeful. It yeah. might not feel certain, but it feels hopeful. And hope may take me into the next thought and the yeah. next thought until I get up into a place of certainty. And that's when it happens. Not yeah. confidence, but a, a belief, a certainty yeah. that you mm-hmm. believe in can be done. And Allison, yeah. you know this from your body of work. You yes. know that if there isn't a shift in mindset, somebody... Somebody can't lose a hundred pounds and maintain that if they still have the same set of beliefs. Yes. I mean, we understand this about people that suddenly win what, 10, $20 million in the lottery. I mean, the statistics are terrible yes. on those people ever holding on to that money or people that just quickly lose weight, right? They just, you know, drop a ton of weight, but do no work on self-concept. You have to have a change at the belief level or change is not probably attainable, but if it is attainable, it's not sustainable. Right. And to Kate's point, that's why everything is about really, it's okay to have those big thoughts, but it's better to start with sort of the baby thoughts that start bridging and, and yeah. learn to think in process rather than in a fixed way. It's not, well, I've never made a million dollars. I can't do it, but I'm becoming the person who, or any other set of thoughts that, you know, you can identify them yeah. are little baby step bridge thoughts and allow you to just wiggle around in that subconscious with those beliefs. You'll we none of us, we will never outperform the top shelf of our belief. Never. You can't make yeah. more money than what you believe is possible. You can't be happier than what you believe is possible. You can't make a relationship work beyond what you believe is possible. Until there's an up-level possibility, there is no up-level in performance or sustainable change. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, changing the wrapper or putting a Band-Aid on something. It might work, you know, for a little bit, but it's not going to work over the long term. Yeah. See that quite a bit in my industry, actually. Lose the weight quickly and then it comes right back on. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, ladies, this has been fantastic. I love talking to both of you all the time anyway. So this has just been so great. And I know that any everybody out there listening is just getting incredible value from this. But on that note, what is one small piece of advice you could offer for somebody who's out there listening who is really digging this conversation, but they just feel like it's a whole lot to start with. What's one thing that you could tell them that they could start doing today um, as they as they walk when they finish out listening and they get back to their life? What's one thing that you could offer or suggest that they start? I would say first, uh, as a as a meta skill and as a character strength, lean into curiosity. Begin to develop a habit of curiosity. It's a way of practicing awareness. It's a way of being playful. Mm -hmm. And it's a way of becoming more of an observer of your thoughts and feelings. So rather than getting caught up in, oh, this there's a lot of information and so many things I could be doing. I think curiosity is a great um, skill 
to lean into. Mm -hmm. What can I learn here? What can I observe? What am I experiencing? What does this mean? What do I want this to mean? Or something like, oh, that's interesting. Wow. I didn't think about that. That's not really a question, but it's still being curious, right? It's still being curious. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Curious observer. Well, will you look at that? I had no idea that was going to come up today. Wow. (laughs) I think I would add to that. I mean, I, it's, it's really hard to narrow it down to just one thing, but I I I know it's not easy. It's a tough question. I think it's an unfair question, Allison, but I think that I would say, I think I'm going to cheat and say two things. And the first is, it's really important that we stop beating ourselves up about mm. our negative thoughts. This has been a huge mistake that came about sometime in about the mid eighties. A lot of books came out about a certain subject and it was all about how dangerous it was to have negative thoughts because negative thoughts were going to create yeah. terrible things. And we produced a lot of thought fear. And that is the lingering effect of that genre of work. And it's unfortunately very detrimental to real science-based mindset. What we resist, we cannot change. And so it's actually the, the, again, we're going to turn a paradigm upside down. Rather than be afraid of our negative thoughts and sort of brace for impact, like, oh no, I shouldn't think that. Oh, that's terrible. Now what will happen? It has to be, and this is piggybacking on what Kate said about curiosity. It really has to be non-judgmental. And it really has to be, that's just my brain offering me a thought that I'm not interested in. And I like to use the analogy of, you know, you take a plate, you're at a wedding buffet and you head down the, you know, buffet. You're like, what do I want to eat? And you come across the green beans and you're like, I I don't like green beans. And so you just don't put them on your plate. You don't panic. You don't cry. You don't get overwhelmed. You don't think what's what's wrong with me. They're green beans on the buffet. You're not afraid the beans are going to jump off the table into your body. Mm -hmm. You just say no thank you, and you keep on moving down the table. And it's a silly analogy, but it's really how we want to deal with negative thoughts or uncomfortable emotions. Oh, there's some self-doubt. I don't think I want to put that on my plate today. I'm not interested in that right now. What else is available for me? So that's that's my part A of my, I'm cheating. I'm doing an A and a B. And then the second thing that I think clients are, it's this is so simple, And Kate and I talk about this a lot, but people think that they have to think something because it's true. Mm -hmm. And we always say, why? That is not the determinant that you want to use. It shouldn't be, I have to think this because it's true. The question we want to change, move into is, is that thought serving you? Mm -hmm. And is there another thought that could possibly serve you better? Yeah. And when we look at it that way, you'd be surprised how many people that alone will change their whole perspective. They're like, well, I just thought I had to keep thinking it because it happened, because it's true, because, I, you know, I can point now to the date. I don't want to ignore it. You know, right. I don't want to ignore yeah. it. I'm, I want to be a good person and tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. No, you don't have to think. There's no rule that says if it happened, you have to believe it. If it's true, you have to think it. You actually can think anything you want. Right. Why would you not want to think into possibility rather than use the past to determine the future? No, I love that. I think that is just 
so key and so many people need to hear it over and over and over again, really. So where can people find both of you? Well, you can go to our website, which is sparkpossibilitycc.com. We have uh, some videos on there, some resources. You can learn more about our process and how we're helping uh, organizations with the possibility advantage. Okay. And people. And we're also both on LinkedIn. You can can search us on LinkedIn um, with our names. So, yes. And we would love people to come over and join our our website and be part of our um, possibility community and be in conversation. And we have a monthly newsletter and we just want to get this work out into the world as broadly as possible. So we would love people to come be a part of Spark Possibility. Oh, I love it. Thank you guys so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. you working me in today for some time so that we could talk about this really important subject. So thank you. Thank you, Allison. Oh, it's always my pleasure. I always love talking to both of you. And for everybody out there listening, if you're feeling really inspired after this conversation and that you just have to know more about Kate and Liz and their body of work, I would definitely recommend getting on their email list. Go over to sparkpossibilitycc.com. You can find their website in the show notes. Um, You can also look for both of them on LinkedIn um, by their names, um, and that is also in the show notes as well. So please do not hesitate to reach out for more information. Um, I'm sure either one of them would be happy to have a conversation. Um, And I just want to say before I sign off how just how incredibly grateful I am for every single one of you that listen to me every week, help me share my message and help me get this show out into the world. We are heard in over 30 countries around the world. We have, every single week, we reach more and more people. Um, We have a couple of companies sponsoring us now, and I definitely want to make sure that I give them some love. Please go over to flatriverinfusion.com. They have a wonderful hemp-based CBD product. It's actually a North Carolina company, and I'm a North Carolina girl, so I'm definitely going to promote that. But you can use our unique coupon code CU Fitness, the letter C, the letter U Fitness, and get a 20% discount off on your purchases. Or you can go over to Bowie Hydration, which is our newest sponsor, who has made a fantastic natural hydration product um, that I'm actually going to be giving out um, at my retreats as gifts for my clients. So I'm really excited. Uh, We'll be sharing an interview um, with them in the future. So there is more coming as far as that goes. But just know how grateful I am that you all help me get this message out. This is exactly one of the reasons why I'm on this planet is continue to share the message of the evolution of the journey of self-care because it changes as we change. Um, If you're not in my private Facebook community yet, please come over and join me there, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. And finally, if you get a moment, if you don't mind giving me a review for my show, I would really appreciate it. You can find us on any of 15 platforms. The main one really is Apple. You can go to my website at cufitness.com and click the Apple icon and write us a short review. And if you do, you can screenshot it and send it to me and I will send you a free gift. So just to let you know how much I appreciate that. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it simple.